Hello and welcome into this season of the 8th Day Coaching Podcast. I am working on a new series here called Catholic, Single, and Flourishing. And I really want to speak to Catholic singles in their 20s and 30s to address the loneliness, the wandering, and the pressure that we often feel here. The goal with this series is to help Catholic singles live their God-inspired call today and also pave a path for the future. The whole idea here is you don't have to wait for your vocation today. You can live it now. And I want to invite you to engage in the conversation on social media. I want you to check out a free ebook that I created just for you called Breaking the Cycle of Pressure in In Action. And you can sign up to receive that on catholicsinglesolutions.com. I will put all these resources in the show notes. So if you're a loyal listener, even if you're not a Catholic single, there's definitely still value for you here. Please listen to these episodes and share with your friends. You're listening to the 8th Day Coaching Podcast, where I share helpful insight and interview elite-level leaders to help you overcome stress and master your time, money, and God-inspired future. I'm your certified professional coach, Chad Etzel. And welcome back to the 8th Day Coaching Podcast. This is the second part of this particular mini-series within Catholic Single and Flourishing. Arlene Spensley once again joins me. Say hi, Arlene. Hello. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, yes. And I, I'm very excited to do the second part here and just get your perspective on some of the some of the thoughts that I've been thinking about in my own brain. Just to reintroduce this mini-series here, what, we, what we're talking about are three things that single women and single men want each other to know. In the previous episode, Arlene shared a little bit about her perspective of what women want men to know. And in this episode, I'm going to share what men want women to know. And the whole reason behind this is that what I found just doing research as I was preparing for a Catholic single and flourishing this particular series is that a lot of times as men, as women, we all have a sort of narrow focus. We only live in our world, and we don't really see what each other are seeing. And that's why I thought having this, this dialogue between men and women would really open things up and, and allow us to kind of understand one another in, in a different way. So I want to encourage you, whether you're a man or a woman, to check out that, that previous episode that we did of the three things that women want men to know about dating because I, I think it just provides a lot of insight of what what we all really want the other to, to know. And coming to this particular episode, this is three things men, single men, want women to know about dating. I have my own talking points here, and Arlene's going to help me just with a conversation. She's going to be asking me questions and, and providing insight from her, her own experience, because I think this dialogue can be very helpful for all of us. The first point that I have for all of you is, for women in particular, is make it easy for men to ask you out. Now, different women have different temperaments and different personalities, and this may come more natural to some women than others, but I, I know this just from my own experience that I could go to an event and certain women will be more open to having a conversation, just a conversation, than others. I like to share this this story. I went to a pro-life event one time. It wasn't necessarily to, to like Catholic singles event or anything by any stretch of the imagination. There were a lot of families there. But one of the things that I noticed was I encountered this, this young woman as I was paying for parking and was just kind of trying to foster a conversation, asked her her name. She just wasn't really 
locked into the conversation. She was kind of staring off. And I ended up talking to her a little bit at the event. She was still kind of just avoiding eye contact, started talking to somebody that she recognized right away. It just was very, very difficult for me entering into that conversation. So I ended up seeing, all right, let me try to meet somebody else and just have just have a conversation. Just meet somebody new tonight. Started talking to another another woman who was there. She was working the event, but she was just like single minded. I'm going to go do my work here in not having any any conversation. I go sit down at, at a table and just I'm talking to a couple of guys and I look over to my right. There's a table full of like eight women at this table. And I don't know if they're there to you know meet anybody or just experience the event, but it, it was a pro-life fundraiser. So it's understandable if they're just there to experience the event. But as a, as a single man, it's like, well, okay, that's not super approachable. And as I went through the, the event itself, it was, there just wasn't all this approachability in terms of, of meeting somebody new. So it was just easy for me to go and, and talk to, talk to some, some of my friends. So I, I think that that's one of the first lessons that I I've learned and, and wanted to want to communicate to, to women. What, what do you think? What's coming to you, Arlene? Yeah, that's really good. And I, I love that you point that out and that you have tried it, like that, that you've, you've like tested it a little bit, like you've gone up to these women. And I, um, I first of all, I completely agree like that, that with, what, with what your point is. I think that we as women do need to make ourselves approachable, accessible, um, especially if we're interested. It, it may be like that, you know, if you're not open to dating, like get off the app, like, and I'm saying that figuratively at this point, like, like don't entertain it. And, and, and you know, maybe, maybe don't make eye contact and maybe, you know, close yourself off in that yeah, way if, if dating totally is not okay. an option for you. Yes. But if you are looking um, to meet somebody, I, I think that we do shoot ourselves in the foot by doing any number of things. It's really interesting that you brought up the whole like group of eight women at a table. I, First of all, like, like, yeah, like that's, it's awkward. That's awkward for everyone involved. Um, <laughs> it would, I would not enjoy being asked out in front of an audience. Um, and I can't imagine a guy would enjoy asking a woman out in front of an audience. And, and so I, 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 that's, that's really interesting. And the first thing that came to mind when you said that for me was that maybe we should go places by ourselves more often like and 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 part of like I'm kind of joking but I'm also not really joking because I think back to certain times like when when I was writing my book I don't know if you got to the the part of the book where I talk about being in a coffee shop working on the book and um I was you know I had like the catechism and other like a big bunch of books on my table and this guy you know sits down or whatever maybe I sat near him I don't remember and he was you know, he was attractive and I was, I was really busy and I had a deadline for the book, but I was like, if he talks to me, I'll, you know, I'll entertain it. And it was like, it was, I was very approachable. I, although I had books out, I was clearly like by myself, clearly frustrated with the writing process and just kind of staring into space every now and then. And, you know, he took a risk and, and he struck up a conversation. Nothing ever came of that. Um, but it, it is interesting, the difference between being, um, you know, alone and available as opposed to being out with your friends, how I think the opportunities do increase um, for encountering guys in a, a situation that's like a little bit more, a, a little less intimidating, uh, you know, for everybody sure. involved, um, assuming yes. you're in a safe place, you know, not, you know, in a dark alley at 2am in New York <laughs> City or something like that, you know, but like, 
Um, so I, I do think there is actually something to be said of going places alone. And it doesn't have to be like a coffee shop. Like, like you know, as I've said in many things I have written and in many other podcast interviews and all over speaking, um, it is not wise, um, in my opinion, as a Catholic who wants to marry a Catholic to pick the people you date out of a pool of all people. Um, because I think that the odds that you're going to find someone who adheres to the very specific countercultural tenets of our faith at a coffee shop, they're very slim, <laughs> like, like odds are not good. Um, and so you want to maybe go like you did, like go to a pro-life event, mm -hmm. go to a Catholic young adult group, go to a theology on tap and go by yourself. It, it, you don't have to necessarily go with a big group of friends. Um, you could go with one or two friends too, but, but yes. get yourself away from them every now and then and mingle. Um, I, and I think sure. that well, that, yeah. and I think that that's a, that's a point there too, that I want to want to speak into going with one or two friends, as opposed to going with five friends yeah. or, yeah. or you can go with five friends, but it breaking off into smaller yes. groups, it just makes it easier to approach. Cause I, I think this isn't just this one event. Cause I I've seen this, especially in the, the Catholic world here in Denver, where I'll go to an event and then there's groups of people. If I know somebody in that group, it's a, in, and I don't know everybody, I'm more likely to approach that group. But if I know nobody in that group and it's a group of five women, I'm, I'm much more likely to be deterred and not approach that. Whereas I think uh, two women, if, if there's two women that I don't know, I'm much more likely to approach them. And then even further, if I know one of the women, I'm much more likely to approach that, that group as well. And, and the reason I, I bring this, this point up, I should, I should provide this context, is a little bit from, I think, from the, the women's perspective. A lot of times they've been told, hey, man needs to be the initiator. And that gets interpreted as you have no control over this. You just need a guy to approach you and ask you out. That, that I, I think a lot of is, is what, what I've observed. And it's, it's kind of, I was talking to my friends about this one time, like the, think about a, a dance in, in a ballroom or something like that. I went to a, a dance just last weekend and it, what, what was interesting is just the availability of people. Because this is a place where it's expected to, that you're going to dance. But there's certain people who are crowded in groups, clumped in groups, women who are clumped in groups in the, the corner and just talking amongst each other versus women, maybe there's one or two on near the, sta near the standing tables right next to the dance floor. They're much more approachable for being asked to dance. And it, it could just be the case that the women who are catching up with friends don't want to be asked to dance and they just want to do that. But the, the approachability factors is huge. So just carrying that analogy from the dance floor to dating relationships, it's the more that you make yourself available for, for being asked out, a lot of times that, that can allow, make it easier for a man to ask out. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think we are, you know, even in, in the last episode, we talked a bit about, um, you know, wanting, you know, my first point was, you know, we need you to take a risk. We need you to approach yes. us, but right. that is completely useless if we do not make ourselves approachable. I mean, that that's just the honest truth. And sure, that that's interesting because I was gonna say that it's yeah. no be, just because she's unapproachable doesn't mean that you can't take a risk, right? Oh yeah, you, yeah. The, that's you do also need to, true. You yeah. do need to you do need to take a risk or figure <laughs> yeah. out how to you you yeah. can make make things happen, right? It, but 
also take advantage of those opportunities when they are available. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly a lot easier if we are approachable, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, you are, you are, I totally agree. And I think there is something to be said of, um, in a, a respectful way, trying to get her attention, you know, like if you are really interested in this person and she's right. got her earbuds in, be like, <laughs> like, you know, like whatever, you know, um, but, but also ladies, like take your earbuds out. Like, you know, yes. you, if That's you, you know, you know what I mean? And, um, they, they're kind of yeah. like the, the ring in Lord of the Rings. They kind of make you invisible at times. People don't want right. to bother you when you have your headphones right. on. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like the universal sign, headphones, earbuds, earbuds, whatever you have. Like if you have right. them in, no one is supposed to talk to you. And <laughs> people do it on airplanes That's all right. the time. They're not even listening to anything. It's just they don't want to talk to the person next to them. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I would also encourage like, like airports is a really good example, although this is also not a great example because again the odds that you're going to meet a practicing catholic sitting at your gate not great but Mm -hmm. uh, because we are just that few and far between but you know it's still good practice you know to a degree you just you know don't you know you can have a book out or whatever but like every now and then lift your head up look around see who you know see who's around make eye contact smile at somebody say hello yes um just it just to make people aware that like you're not afraid to engage in conversation right now and that's kind of how it starts yeah, I and I, I want to pack something underneath this because I, I think I just found this a, a common theme. As I, I mentioned, the narrow sightedness at the beginning, I think a lot of men don't know what women go through. And a lot of men don't or a lot of women don't know what men go through, which is why we're having this conversation to begin with. And it reminds me a little bit of a, a conversation that I had just a couple of weeks ago with a, a female friend of mine. And she had this really good conversation with with a man and was basically expecting him to ask her out and i as she laid out the situation i just decided to ask her a little bit about the the details of this and essentially i i helped her see all right what are the things that need to happen for a man to ask a woman out in in one which is a good rapport yes a guy could just randomly ask a, a woman out and without any context but it's usually, I think, a lot of women would react in a like, "Who is this creep here?" Yeah, that's, yeah, that's coming over. <laughs> pretty much. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so there's there's like a good rapport needs to needs to happen, but also a one-on-one situation because this was this was where my friend ran into the the challenge where yeah, there was this really good rapport built, and they were playing games, and it was over the course of a couple hours being around friends, but they weren't in a one-on-one situation where there just as you mentioned, there was the audience. So yeah. if there's a way where she can kind of encourage him to get into a one-on-one situation, it can make it easier for him to ask her out. I think a, another thing, too, is his courage can grow upon her encouragement, in a, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Like if she is responding to what, what he's talking about, laughing, smiling, making eye contact. I, I mentioned that, that one from that, that pro-life event who she just was like very distant. She wasn't engaging in, in the conversation whatsoever. And, but, but if she's engaged in the conversation, that is encouraging that, Hey, she, there's a good chance that, that she's going to say yes. It doesn't take away any, the risk. Cause she could say no, or she could say, Hey, I'm discerning religious life, which happens. And yeah. which is, and it's okay if, if that's the, the case. But I, I think that this came up in, in one, of a, one of the talks or, or a podcast I was listening to and how men can make the first move, being as an initiators, men can make the first move. But women 
can certainly send the first signal. Mm. There's that initiation yeah. in that receptivity of, of being able to work together that I, I think is oftentimes, uh, oftentimes missed in, mm. from, from women. And, and so I, I want to encourage that. It's, it, I'm not saying you need to be overly flirtatious, but just mm. simply smiling and engaging in, in conversations, so learning how to have a, have a good conversation is just yeah. the first step to, to being inviting for a man to ask you out. Yes. Yeah, that's really good. I think there is a lot of pretending going on in dating. Um, and what I mean by that is that a lot of times we know, like, like, like a man and a woman who are interested in each other kind of know, but I think whether it's an, you know, an underlying fear of rejection or an underlying lack of confidence or, you know, whatever it is, we pretend not to notice, like a man may, he's not, he's not consciously pretending. It's, it's more of a denial, I should say. Um, but like, she may be sending a signal that he's denying out of fear. Um, or she may not be sending any signals, but think she is, (laughs) you know what I mean? Did I say that Right. right? Yes. Like she thinks she's like, but how could he not know that I'm interested? You know, when it's like, you're not sending any signals. And I, and I, I, I don't mean to be harsh or offensive when I say that, like, we're all pretending. Um, but I, I do want to encourage listeners to really be honest with yourself about how you've been doing this. Mm -hmm. Um, because I, I do think that there are probably, despite again, how few and far between practicing Catholic young adults are, or at least how it feels, I think there probably are abundant opportunities, even if in small, like theology on tap sort of situations or, or whatever, there are abundant opportunities to meet good potential dates. And yet somehow we're lying to ourselves um we are either saying like he should he should know that i'm i would be okay with it if he talked to me but but we're sitting in the corner with our head down um (laughs) sipping our our soda and and not looking around the room or not getting up and and mingling um right and on the other side you know no you know for the men it it might be that maybe she is sending a signal and you're still (laughs) gotta work up the courage you know to to go up to her and and that's That's okay like you'll get there but like we have to just take a moment to be honest like she really did just smile at you you can go up to her and talk or he has no idea you exist because you keep taking the long way to the bathroom instead of walking past him walk past him and smile already like you know what i mean (laughs) that's right that's right or or going back to what we brought up just going to the event hanging out in your your group of five that you always hang out with and not actually going to meet somebody new that those are common things that i've i've seen or or observed there's there's a comfort zone there Mm -hmm. yeah oh yeah that's a very natural thing, especially for people who have more introverted tendencies. They, right. it's, it's easy to, to be in that and it's more comfortable. Yeah. But to, to actually go out and, the, I mean, this is, this is part of what we, we talked about in the last episode about growing in virtue. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we need to put ourselves out there. And, but that, that builds for whatever the vocation that God has us for. That we're, we become more courageous. Because you have to, in marriage, for instance, you have mm-hmm. to bring this cur- courage into into a, a conversation or into into marriage in terms of how you discipline your kids or how you have crucial conversations with your spouse oh, so yeah. 
these are all all the sorts of things that that are, are coming to my mind i mean this this is such a a uh i i think such a, a pivotal pivotal factor for i think a lot of the the conversations that i've had with women one one thing actually i'm just curious to know your thoughts on this and i'll just let you know i i'm kind of unsure divided about this but i i've heard a couple times where the the question is posed is it okay for women to ask men out on like a first date and i'm, I'm just curious as to what your what your opinion is on that i'm trying to think if i've ever done that um <laughs> I would say odds are probably good I have, <laughs> knowing me, but nothing is popping into my head, so maybe not. Sure. Um, oh, that, that is tough. Um, you know, I don't mean to keep returning to the previous episode, but when I talked about, you know, how we need you to take a risk when we were talking to the guys, it, that's somewhat rooted in an article I wrote a while ago about how women are worth the risk you know, and, um, and that was written to women, um, many of whom have a history, myself included, of like handing ourselves to a guy on a silver platter, even though he has expressed no interest whatsoever and is, and is not, um, not all in. He, he, it may be that he's expressed some interest, but it's like the bare minimum to keep you available to him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but mm -hmm. he's, he's not actually like stepping into the role of, of committing to you and, and wanting a relationship with you that is exclusive. And, and so it's hard for me to go for it and just say, yeah, like totally go, go ahead and ask a guy out on a first date because of that, because yes. I, I, I need to think about how to word it. I wish I had read that article before. Um, before oh, that's, this. that's okay. It's been, that's it's okay. been a long time, but, but, but like the whole point, like if I, if I could sum it up, I, I would probably say, that if I think for women and in my experience, um, whether particularly if it is prior to a woman's realization of her own value, um, which I think, I think has to happen for every woman. I think, I think for whatever reason, whether it's just, you know, by virtue of being human in, in a fallen world, like we sometimes accept behavior from others and this probably goes both ways um we accept what we think we're worth right like like and, and i don't think that's a conscious thing i i think that it is something below the surface s says i'm never going to be able to get something better than this so i'm going to settle for it and i worry that if we put ourselves out there in that particular way um, by just orchestrating and initiating in a way that traditionally um, and pr preferably uh, would fall to the guy in my world. Sure. I, I fear that it just perpetuates that, like that it may mm -hmm. be that like, you know, the opportunity presents itself, even though he's not excited about her like I, I i've put it this way before like no woman wants to be able to look back while she's married and and say man to her husband remember how lukewarm you were about me when we dated like nobody <laughs> wants that like and yet That's there are many there are many point. situations where we as women and, and and maybe it happens to men too but i have found like a lot of women end up in these relationships with men who are lukewarm about them 
totally lukewarm. Yeah. And it's because the women just like kind of persistently pestered them into dating. Yes. (laughs) And, and it's, and I just don't think that's, that has the same quality that, that it should have or could have. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I've, I've been kind of thinking about this and I'm, I'm also like a bit divided on this. I I think a couple of different places, a couple of married women speakers have, have given this permission of, yes, you can, but it, but in with the qualification of, Hey, if you go out on a date, you should pay and not, expect him it would be rude mm-hmm. to expect him yeah. to have to pay but <laughs> Will I, you take in, me out to dinner <laughs> <You know? laughs> right 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 exactly it and I, I think as i've i've kind of thought through this a little bit it is is certainly more natural to for a man to ask a woman out and now there are certain situations where a woman could probably give a man a nudge especially if they built a friendship and maybe she she can tell that he's interested or maybe just he he may just be mixed but he has these moments where he just seems really interested in her to clarify maybe it's not even asking out but just hey this you seem to be showing interest in me in this this particular way because i see this here and here and i'm just kind of curious are you wanting to pursue something more than friendship so even just entering into that conversation even if it isn't like hey i'm gonna ask you out on a date but it also could just be a coffee introduction to having a, a conversation. Yeah. I, I'm i kind of divided on it. I think eventually it it shouldn't be, as, as you were saying, I don't think a woman should be dragging a man along who's just lukewarm right. about her. Yes. That yeah. at some point he needs to he needs to grow into his masculinity and, and be the leader in, in the, the relationship. And, and sometimes it just may need to be something a, a woman prompts a man to encourage him to choose which side of the fence yes or no right and, yes, and exactly. so yeah i i think in and, and this goes for i think a lot of catholic dating rules that i it's hard to really make black and white rules of yes always or you know there can be some exceptions or no never those sorts of things where we talked about this in the, the previous episode about the appropriateness of men calling or texting women to ask yeah. out on dates <laughs> or asking in person and and how kind of we we get the different um, women want different things than men are told that they should do. So I, I think that it, this is another one of those kind of gray areas yeah. where you just have to discern it. But this is all part of growing into an adult is using your, your virtue of prudence in, in figuring out, all right, practically speaking, what does this situation call for? So I want to move on to the, the next next point here and. Next point, second, second is a first date is not a marriage proposal. And the, the thing I, I had to, when, as I was putting together my, my points here to, to share, this came up a couple of times because I asked some men, hey, what would you want women to know? And this, this came up several times. What's, what's interesting is a lot of the Catholic world will, will say, hey, dating is about marriage. And I think what happens is we interpret that as a date is about marriage. A first date is about marriage. It's really <laughs> supposed to be more, I think, dating relationships are about discerning marriage with this other person. But a first date, and, and I can tell from many of the, a number of the women, I don't know if it's many, but a number of the women that I've asked out on a first date, they react as if, oh, shoot, he just asked me to marry him. Maybe I'm being <laughs> a little bit dramatic here or, or exaggerating. But, but I think that there's, there's a tendency to just think, oh, he just asked me out on a date and he's serious. He's like 
infatuated with me. And then it gets to the point of rejection, which we're, we're going to talk a little bit about that in, in a moment. But the that that sort of thing where, oh, if he's super serious about me, then then it's going to be hard to, to turn him down later. And that, yeah, that that's something that I... I've, I've encountered just with kind of discerning through certain things. I, I also, I, I asked a, a married couple before this, this episode, just kind of their, their experience and just kind of, Hey, did you know on date one, going into date one, that you're going to marry this person? And they said, no. And, and she, she even had said coming after date one, she was like, yeah, I'm confident there's going to be a date number two, but I don't think it's going to go beyond that. And he sent her this like, message this video message of him being like a holographic image hologram image on the millennium falcon for star wars fans and and it was just like this really cheesy way and she's she's like oh i'm unsure but they they ended up going on a second date and it it ended up getting married so the it's just it's it's these funny things that happen but i i use that story just to illustrate even if you don't think you're gonna marry him when he asks you out for the first time or marry him after after the first date the, there's patience. The, it's a step-by-step process here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's really interesting to think through this point because it could go like one of two ways. Like, like there's the woman who needs to be reminded it's not a marriage proposal because she's hesitant. Yeah. So she's like, I don't think I should go. It's not a marriage proposal. You can you can <laughs> go on this date with this guy. It doesn't. You're not being held to anything you don't you don't have to all you have to do is show up and and drink your coffee or eat your food you know like you you don't it's it's not you're not going to be required to move on with him if you if you don't like him um then the other side of that spectrum is the woman who goes on the first date and is like all in immediately (laughs) so excited and then like doesn't hear from him for a week and she's like what happened what did i do yeah she's freaking out you know what i mean like so that there it's like one of two extremes here um and i I think it is really good advice to remember that that it is not a marriage proposal and i'd I'd add in there too for men as well to remember a first date's not a marriage proposal because mm-hmm. i think yeah. this works for men as well where yeah. there there can be so much anxiety about even asking a woman out yeah. for the first time yeah. and because it's oh i you know just gotta it's gotta be right it's just gotta yeah. be right or you know i'm i'm divided i i'm uncertain even if i would want to marry her well we're, we're kind of thinking a little bit too far ahead here and i yeah. i think with this too is somebody somebody once shared this this piece of advice with me and it was Hey, all you need to know after the first date is really if you're going to, if, if you want a second date. That's the only question. You shouldn't be asking yourself, are you going to, to marry her? And same thing, I think, with the first date is just, are you interested in going on a first date with her? Don't worry about the, the other stuff. That stuff can come, but just just remember where you are and live in reality. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Please stay in reality. Um, and the other thing, you know, that I think is important to note is that just because you don't feel a spark on date one doesn't mean you shouldn't go on date two. I'm going to forever keep bringing yeah. that up. Check out and our last episode. <laughs> yes. Like guys, on the spark. please, I'm begging you don't do that to each other. And and it is it is interesting, like because people have asked, like, how do you know, like, whether to go on the second date and like well like 
did you have a good time on the first one? Right. Like, yes, did, right. Were, you know, did, did, I mean, it's, it is entirely possible that you will run into a deal breaker on date one. I have, I met a guy um, online three, four years ago. I was living in Virginia. He drove from North Carolina to Virginia. I lived like close to the border. It was only like an hour drive, but he drove <laughs> from one state to another just to meet me. And we met at a coffee shop within the first five minutes of the date. He told me, a chastity speaker and writer, that he will never save sex for marriage. The entire date turned into a debate about whether we should save sex for marriage, oh generally speaking. <laughs> never spoke to him again. But but it, but so, so sometimes it's very easy mm-hmm. to tell, no, there should not be a second date, you know? But other yes. times it's a little more ambiguous. It's a little hard to tell. Um, it might be that you... You, it might be that you enjoyed yourself, you had a great conversation, but you're like, I don't know, he's not like physically my type, or who cares? Has your type worked out for you yet? No, like, so maybe you need to break out of that mold and right. try something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you bring up that uncertainty, or that, I just remember a, a story of a friend of mine who he was talking about a, a date or several dates he went on, and the the woman was like, yeah, you know, I'm just unsure. I don't want to lead you on. But I think that that uncertainty is the opportunity to, to continue to go out. Yeah. It, yeah. If it's debilitating, then you, you may just need right. to, to put it on pause. But but that's the whole point of going out on dates is like it's it's a discernment. It's being able to navigate, yeah. hey, is this person right? And if it continues to come up for you as okay, yeah, I just don't think that this is the right right person, that's that's when you're able to to say no. And that I, I think is is a just just a helpful piece of as long as he's as long as you're not feeling unsafe, it's okay to continue to go out and, and get to know because that's that's all part of this. There's uncertainty in life, and right. and what I found just just as a coach and in, in my own life is that we overcome uncertainty by taking steps forward rather than putting things on hold. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. I think, um, you know, it, it, we do kind of grasp at some sort of certainty. And like, I think if there's anything I've learned in this past year, which has like been one of the hardest years of my entire life, it is that we are not in control and that we cannot be certain about most anything. Mm-hmm. And I think we do ourselves and, and other people a disservice when we aim for something like certainty in that context. And, and, yes. and when we fear Especially certainty. Early uh, when, yes. And when we, un, when we fear uncertainty so much, um, yeah. I think we have, to, I think we really do in every, in every part of life, just have to get a little bit more comfortable with uncertainty. And the only way to get comfortable with something is to spend more time with it, you know? And, and so maybe it is, you know, and it's, and I also want to say, like, I, I think in some of my experiences, some of my better, my better dating experiences. And again, like I, like from the first episode you mentioned in, in a part of my book where I talk about like, you know, you, you, a relationship doesn't have to end with marriage for you to consider it a success. Like yes, I've had many successful relationships that have ended with terrible breakups, but they, they're still successful because we did the job of discerning whether we should do this and we discerned that we should not. Mm-hmm. But there's one in particular that I'm thinking of where I did feel a lot of that uncertainty um, about a guy and 
it was like kind of like date one. It was like, Meh, you know, like I didn't really like it was like, okay, you know. Uh, it wasn't so bad that I wouldn't go on a date too. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also was like, I don't, I don't think this is going to be good. And I was very, for the, probably the first time, um, in a long time, I decided to kind of go for just the more like blunt, bold, I'm going to tell you exactly what I'm thinking, even though I don't hardly know you. And I, and I told him, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure if I'm interested in you, but I would go on a second date. And he was like, okay, that's, that's, that's good for me. And so we went on a second yeah. date and the second date, my plan was to tell him when I, when I got to the date, I was like, okay, this is going to be our last date. I didn't tell him this, but I was thinking like, I, I had this whole little speech rehearsed and we eat lunch and I run to the restroom and I am in the restroom and I'm like, my speech isn't good anymore because I, I had a really good time. <laughs> like I, I was like, now I have to come up with a new speech because I'm still not sure, but I'm not, right. not sure. Like, so I ended up again, it was just like this, this, I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to try this as an experiment. Cause I had never done it like this before. And I was just like, again, still not really sure about you, but I would like to go on a third date. And we went on the third date and then we never saw each other again. <laughs> but but yes. it was still, it was a good exercise in like, being open and honest about the uncertainty mm-hmm. so that there's like no surprises. Like, you know, I think there's something good about being open and honest about it. Like just tell each other how you're feeling, give, give each other an yeah. update, you know, and we yeah. can't read each other's minds or know what's going on in each other's hearts. And I think in any dating relationship, whether you're just going on dates or you're in a committed thing, I think we need to get into the habit of, unveiling what's happening in here and what's in our heads and what's happening in our hearts more often because people just guess otherwise. And most of the time we, we guess wrong, you know, so there's, there's something definitely to that. And I, I admire you for just laying it out there and just being honest with, with where you are with this, this particular gentleman, just because the, I've been on the other side of that where she wasn't saying things and also me just kind of being, in in dream world not really picking up on the signs Mm -hmm. getting to a point where hey i thought she was interested and i and and then all of a sudden hey i just i get a text hey i want to just call you about something i want to honor you by calling you over the phone and i'm like i know exactly what this means oh my gosh yeah and it's it just there was nothing (laughs) leading up to that point of hey i'm not i'm unsure about this and it's almost like i'd want to talk about it because and then one, I could be prepared, but two, also I could talk with her and journey with right. her through that. Yeah. And that's that's also something too, as it's training for, for marriage, being able to say, hey, this yes. is what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. This is how I'm feeling. And being able to enter into a difficult conversation like that. Yes, anyway, yeah. mo- moving on, this, and this kind of ties into where, where the conversation was, was going about the the previous point and being unsure in, in everything. The... We, number, point three for things men want women to know is you are encouraged to say yes. We, we encourage you to say yes, but also feel the freedom to say no, even to a first date. I, I want to just express that because I, I know that I've been on dates where I can just tell she's just not interested. And it's a drag of an hour, hour and a half. And not, not that that it's a waste of time entirely but if she's made her decision already then it's and especially for men usually paying for the date it it 
the well and, and i guess this is just a side side comment to men make the first date very simple make it you know coffee or drinks or something just just simple just because of this but it encountering these these sorts of situations where it's like yes we're in this context of a date but i can tell that she's hesitant she's holding back that is that that's just one piece of advice that that i've i've kind of learned this is different and i want to make this clear because especially if people are in their early 20s who are listening to this i do want to encourage you especially as you're getting started early on to go on dates even if you may not be interested just because you can learn from those but as, but as you you've gone on and you've been in in the dating world, you you may not necessarily need to learn those those sorts of lessons, and especially if you know for sure, yeah, I've already thought about this with with this guy, and just I I don't see it working out. I I'm okay giving women the freedom to to say no to that, and and I want to I want to talk about rejection in a second, but just what are you, what are your thoughts on on that? So yeah, like as I was hearing you and. Imagining you sitting at this table with a woman who is acting as if she has no interest in being there. I could only imagine what would go through your head and what would go through my head. Like if the mm-hmm. situation were, were reversed, um, I would be like, why are you here? What, like, yeah. why, like, what, like, why and are we when, here? Why when are, are we doing this? When's this going to end? When's yeah, this going to yeah, be over? Yeah, is right? there another and... four hours he has planned? <laughs> yes. Because sometimes oh, that's what gosh. happens. That, yes. Yeah. We've all been there. But um, <laughs> I also was thinking um, about uh, one of the more recent articles I wrote for Catholic Match about why you should go on a second date. And it's somewhat relevant um, because some t- I don't doubt that you, are, that you have the ability to discern, and we all do, I think, have the ability to tell when someone across the table is not interested. But I also think sometimes there might be other reasons that that on a first date we're like this person's not interested but it might not be true um it could be um just like a shyness or a nervousness it could be a um she could have had a really bad day yeah um yep she could be hormonal um there could be i'm just being honest that happens like you know we do have different (laughs) moods and sometimes you you catch us on the wrong day um (laughs) It could be any number of things. And what I encourage people to do is rather than write this person off, and I this goes for women and men, remember that first impressions are not always right. And, and if it is within the realm of possibility that... Let me rephrase that. If, if you were wrong about other people you've dated, people you loved on date one. Mm-hmm. It is within the realm of possibility that you are wrong on date one about people who kind of bore you. Sure. Yes. Right? Like, so, so you have to, I think, open yourself up to the possibility that just because it was boring or the person didn't talk a whole lot, that does not mean that's really who that person is. There are a lot of factors. I mean, I, I find first dates to be nerve wracking, especially if I haven't met the person in real life yet. Um, you know, I've been on first dates with people I initially met face to face out in public or at a church or whatever. And then I've been on first dates with people I met online. And the online ones particularly are different for me because it, I don't know. I've seen pictures of this person, but I don't know how this person carries himself. I don't know. You know, I don't I don't know how tall he is i don't know yeah, I, don't, I don't know anything and so everything is a surprise right and and so sometimes 
you go in just like so nervous that you cannot be yourself, right? Like you just, you can't. Um, and then hopefully, ideally, you begin to relax once you get a feel for the context of who this physical person is. It's not just a profile. This is a real person. And you can That's now right. engage with them in, in real time. I, I feel like we, we just need to, you know, open ourselves to the possibility that maybe some of those reasons aren't good reasons to say no to a second date, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I, I think about this. So the reason I phrased it is we encourage you to say yes, but feel the freedom to say no is I think for the most part, it's probably a good idea to, to try one or two, at least two dates. But in a sense, especially if you've, you've gotten to know somebody, it's okay to, to say no and even to a first date, if you've like been around them, especially if you like work with them or something yeah, like that, yeah, and totally. you've, you've gotten a, a good, clear picture of them, the just because I, I think about the and not just not just from my my own experience with within this, but the I, I, a lot of the the. And this this isn't wrong, but a lot of the the advice has been, hey, the guy honored you by asking you out so you should honor him by saying yes <laughs> and so I'm, I'm even thinking yeah. first date it's the those those i think are, are good sentiments and I, and again going back to early 20s or getting started in dating it's good for both of you to have that experience of asking out going out even if it's not going to work out but i i want to give people permission to say no if they just like could just not be the right time or it could just be hey yeah i, I just don't see us in in this particular way there's there's no harm in in going out on a first date unless it's unsafe and and so i just want to want to qualify that but i i want to i want to give give women especially the, the permission to say no in and, and when it comes to that that point of rejection the what what i you, i know that you're in a in a certain sense triggered when, when a guy says, Hey, you know, I just don't, don't feel the spark. <laughs> I, I think I'm triggered in a way when a woman turns me down after a, a first or second date and it's just like, yeah, you're a great guy, but you know, I'm just not interested. It's the, the great guy speech is what I, what I call it. Yeah. <laughs> and the, but the, I, I think when, when it comes to rejection, number one is just, just the mentality of entering into this. Rejection is a normal part of dating for men and for women. And it's actually an abnormal thing, maybe not abnormal in that the sense of the word, but it's an unusual thing for a relationship to work out. And we forget that. Right. Going back to movies, TV shows, seeing our college friends, especially when they just married the first person that they dated. Right. <laughs> we, we forget that rejection is a normal thing. So both men and women, this is an important lesson for. And I think specifically for, for this this topic speaking to women of rejection is a normal thing. And so when you're rejecting somebody, I, I have known a lot of women where, right. One of the more recent dates, one of the women was saying, you know, it's just, I appreciate you receiving this well of not wanting to go out again because there's certain men where it's just like, it crushes their, their dreams right. and I can just yeah. tell. Yeah. And yeah. the, in, in that, that just going back to rejection, this is a, a normal, normal part of dating that, how to how to do it how to how to re do rejection is i i want to encourage you not to do the great guy speech but to think about 
all right, what are the qualities or characteristics that you really did appreciate about him? Mm -hmm. And then giving him that, that feedback, whether it is a virtue thing or you just don't see it working out of, hey, I appreciated how courageous and how straightforward you were about asking me out on this date. At the same time, I just don't see things moving forward. Yeah. That, that's a totally fine way to, to leave it. But if you're, you're affirming something specific in his character, it's something he's going to be able to receive very well. Yes, that's really good. And actually something I needed to hear personally, because I think I have gone a little heavy on, um, on the feedback. Yes. The negative feedback um, without also sharing in the moment what I appreciated about the guy. Um, and so I think that is, I think it's really wise. And I think I, I now have some regrets, um, <laughs> but, but it's fine. Um, but the other thing that I, I wanted to bring up in terms of rejection, it's a little off topic, but I feel like it's really worth bringing up. Um, my mom is a therapist and, and she used this on me in the past and told me she uses this with clients. And she, I don't remember, I, I must've been in my twenties at the time probably, but I, I think a you know, relationship had ended and she was like, uh, let's just say I was 25. She says, you lived without that guy for 25 years. I think you'll be fine. Right. And I thought that was so good um, because it is true. Like, like you might, you know, you meet somebody, you go on a couple of dates and then there's a rejection on either end. And there's like this devastation sometimes, just this absolute devastation. And it's like, you were fine for the 33 years that led up to this moment mm -hmm. before you met that person. They were not in your life. You can live without that person. That yes, You can. You've right. done it and you're going to do it again. Like you're going to be fine. And I think, and that's not to dismiss the feelings of grief that are real, very real after a relationship ends. I don't mean to make light of that. I know that those are real and I have lived them myself. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, sometimes we do have to, we have to look at what causes that. And I think when we make this person and this relationship with this person into our source of peace, into our source of joy, into our life entirely, when we lose it, it will be devastating and we were never meant to make people the source of yes. any of those things. And, and so that's, right. that's God is the source of those things. And I yes. think until we can approach relationships with that in mind, um, even some of those short lived relationships that end and cause us devastation, they won't, they won't cause that kind of devastation anymore because we know, we know we can move on and we haven't put all of our hopes into this one relationship. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that in, it, remembering once again the most important thing is our, our relationship with god and one of the things that you wrote in in your book and about how relationships dating relationships this the only successful one it's not marriage you can have successful relationships or dating relationships that don't end in marriage because you learn something from them god yes, wants to speak learn to from you. them exactly yes, yes I'm it, sorry, i think you put it well it was like that whether whether we end up married or not we're all learning how to love mm -hmm. and all of these these sorts of things lead us to 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 learn how to love in a self-sacrificial way in a way that that the lord is lord does for us so with, with that I, I do want to also make this distinction too of turning turning somebody down after a couple of dates and turning somebody down after either a series of dates or in a relationship to avoid if, if it is a longer term thing not to cold turkey it and just but to, to actually communicate 
I, yes. I know we talked about that a little bit before, but just having being able to, to learn how to communicate those those what's going on internally is, is just so, so important. So I feel like that that's something something to reiterate. But anyway, we got to we got to wrap up here. Yeah. And I, I these these conversations just just went breezed by. I can't believe how I long they, they've gone. I, know. I, I just looked at the time and I was like, well, we did it again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so much for 30, 35 minutes. Here we are. Hopefully listeners didn't get bored, but I do I want to not. invite our listeners to engage in the conversation. So men, did, did we miss something? What, what thing would you want women to know about dating? And in particular, I want to, of course, encourage you to, to respond charitably because that's, that's so important. You don't have somebody in front of you. It's it's easier to respond in, in a, a very uh, um, curt way. So I, it on online. So I just want to encourage the charity in, in the comments there, but final questions is just, thank, thank you, Arlene so much for joining us here. How can our, our listeners follow you? Oh my goodness. I'm on Instagram and Facebook mostly um, at Arlene Spensley. Uh, it'll be spelled on, on, on some sort yeah. of screen. And we'll we'll put it in the show notes too. Perfect. Thank you. Um, I am also on Twitter, but I rarely tweet also at Arlene Spensley and my website, ArleneSpensley.com. I have not been actively blogging there, but I do have a Substack, um, which you can find um, if you, I don't know how to find my, my Substack. Um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, it'll be in the show notes. Yes, thank Arlene you. Arlene will I am send so me sorry. how to find the Substack. Yes, and then yes, you can I will send that. you a link. I'm going to more, um, I, I plan in 2023 to uh, really start regularly writing again um 2022 was as i said a really hard year so i have not Mm -hmm. been doing a lot of writing but hope to get back into it so that's where i'll do it is at substack oh wonderful all right awesome and final question i ask all my guests here is what do you what does it mean to you to live a god-inspired life Mm. so I, i i sat here with this question when i first read it and dwelled for a minute and the first thing that came to me um, to live a God-inspired life is to remain aware by any means necessary that God is good and that he is with you. I think that if you can remember those two things, you will feel safe, you will feel secure, and you will feel valued. And if you feel those things, I mean, that, that just changes everything changes how you date it changes how you feel when you get rejected Mm. it changes um it changes how courageous you are able to be when you are approaching someone that you want to ask out you know it just changes everything for sure yeah beautiful beautiful that that security in god knowing that he's the unchanging thing in our lives so thank you thank you once again so much for for joining us here and yeah i encourage other everybody to to follow arlene and also check out her book too we'll leave that in the show notes as well so with that everybody live inspired live god inspired this episode of the eighth day coaching podcast is over just a reminder i will leave a link to my free ebook breaking the cycle of pressure in an action down in the show notes it's written especially for catholic singles it is very concise it has great content and it also has some exercises that you can go through for yourself i also want to encourage you to engage in these conversations on my social media channels as that's a way we can have more of a dialogue all these resources will be provided in the show notes and if you have received any value out of this episode 
The best way you can give back is to share this podcast with others and leave a five-star rating. Live inspired. Live God-inspired. Live God-inspired.